hope you're ready because we're recording now. <laughs> Welcome everyone back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with Big Dave. And today we are going to do something very Generation X. We're going to talk about a movie that is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. That would be the 1999 film Fight Club. Whoa, 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 hold on. We can't talk we about can't talk. This. I know, yeah, I know. Believe me, I'm going to be dropping a lot. First rule of Fight Club right. is you can't talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you can't talk about, about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club? Do you know the third rule of Fight Club off the top of your head? Oh, I should know this. I've forgotten someone, it already. Someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule of a Fight Club, only two guys to a fight. Yeah. Fifth rule of Fight Club, one fight at a time. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule of Fight Club, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule of Fight Club, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. That's right. So... We're going to break the first two rules right off the bat. <laughs> We're going to break a lot of those rules right off the bat. So. Uh, I'm way too old to get into a fight right now. So. And, and let me just say, the fat guy is not taking his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Fight Club. Um, have you read the book? I have not. Okay. Uh, fight Club was written by Chuck Palahniuk. It came out in... Uh, I want to say it was either 95 or 96. Let me look real quick because um, this is one of those things. And Biscuit apparently thinks he knows. Um, let's see here. I'm going to take this with me, though. <laughs> You've got your Tyler Durden pop, Popco Funk. Yeah, Funko Pop. Yeah, yep. whatever. Uh, it was written in 1996, or it came out in 1996. Okay. Do you, so, so you haven't read the book. Have you... Have you have you um, heard any of the story about how it came to be? No. Okay. Um, all I know is the movie. That, okay. That's literally okay. all I know. So, <clears throat> back in the uh, the early 90s, Chuck Palahniuk was, he was on a, I think it was a camping trip, if I'm not mistaken. And he, he was him and a bunch of his friends and they were out kind of like, and there was nobody around. Yeah. And uh, some campers came in and basically set up right next to them and began playing music really loudly, like all like way into the night. And he went over to confront them and got into an altercation with one of the guys and basically got his ass kicked. And so he was working a, you know, a a corporate job at the time. And he came back into work and he had these two big black eyes, you know, and nobody wanted and everybody was just trying to act like nothing was wrong and that kind of stuff. And so it gave him this idea of, you know, why people act. If they see, you know, something, someone who obviously has, has got some injuries, they'll try to act as normal as possible and, and not acknowledge, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And that, and many, there's many other things that come into it. There is a great interview. And I'm actually in our YouTube. I've already put the playlist together. Oh, nice. Of stuff. One of them, uh, he was on Rogan last year i think it was and they talked about it you know some in there um some of the you know the the behind him writing it and all that kind of stuff it it's a lot different than the movie there there are major differences what you're saying is i need to pick up the book the book is a lot different uh the ending is different um it has a 
a much different ending. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, there is also another YouTube page. And once again, I'm going to have links to all this stuff. Of It's called... Uh, it's already there, folks. It's already there, yeah. And like I said, all you have to do is just click on the link, and it'll take you straight to the playlist. There, uh, and one of the things, there's this uh, YouTube channel YouTube channel called Behind the, Behind the Story, I think it's called. And they talk to different authors, different writers. And one of them, they talk to Chuck Palahniuk about writing Fight Club, the book. They also talk to, um, of course, I caught the top of my head. I can't bring up the guy's name, the screenwriter for the movie. Um, you know, about when he was adapting the book, and you're probably not going to see it in there since nope. that's a steel book. It's yeah. a steel book, and it um, has zero in there. Yeah, uh, it's because I was watching it last night, still in the player. <laughs> uh, yes, I do, I do um, physical media, especially a steel book, because so those things are pretty awesome. Um, go to our Instagram to see pictures of, of some cool stuff of uh, Funko Pop and my copy of Fight Club 2. Uh, the, Which uh, I didn't know existed. I knew I did. I read it a little while back and I found that just recently I got that, that hardcover copy um, at, a, at a local used bookstore. And then come to find out last year there was a Fight Club 3 that was also published in comic book form. Really? Uh, that I did not know about, and I have not read that one, so I will not be talking about that one today <laughs> at all. Um, now, so anyways, apparently um, Polinick wrote this book, and it was optioned as a screenplay, and it kind of sat around for a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and then Fincher got a hold of it. Yeah. And that's when they really kind of started working on and everything so screenplay yeah and and running right and so it was one of those things where people forget like did you see the movie in theaters yeah okay i did i did it as well um again man there's a book called best movie year ever that came out last year that is all about 1999 as in film because it is it's such a monumental year when it comes to film so it's kind of the 90s version of 84 uh, something like that, yeah, okay. yeah. Honestly, I mean, as you start going down the list of, of movies that came out that year, you get The Matrix, oh, Fight yeah. Club, yeah. Sixth Sense, um, um, Being John Malkovich, Blair Witch Project. Oh, so you just mentioned two American of my Pie. Uh, I mean, it's just you kind of start going down like all this yeah. stuff that came out, you know. And it's like, <clears> oh wow, this this really was a monumental year. It's, and Being John Malkovich, it's such it's a, one of my favorites. Yeah, it is a good movie. I haven't seen it. In a lot of years, but uh, that's a whole other story. John Cusack plays such a weirdo in that film. Oh, well, yeah, that's well, then everybody plays a weirdo in that film. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's I mean, true. they really uglied up uh, Cameron Diaz in that that movie. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just, and she actually did some acting rather than just being Cameron Diaz. You know, that's uh, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I like to see her be Cameron Diaz, but yeah. this was this was something completely different. And I picked this up for a reason, and I don't remember now. Oh yeah, dude. Um, so the, let's see, here it is. So Fight Club was released in, Biscuit, shut up, October 15th, 1999 okay. is when it was released. Yeah. It was a miserable failure in theaters. People forget that. Really? Yes. Because everybody I know was going, you need to go watch this film. The budget was $63 million. Yeah. It made thirty-seven million in its theatrical run. Oh, yes. It, you know, in its worldwide gross, it made one hundred eleven million. But this movie did not really 
take off until develop BHS. the cult of Tyler Durden until it hit home. Actually, until it hit DVD. Because this was right around the time DVD yeah, became, right. you know, when it when it was released in 2000 on DVD was about the time people were like, oh, players are affordable. Oh, you mean this is a better, you know, a better format than VHS and blah, 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 blah. And it had a whole bunch of extras on it and, and all that. And I remember when yeah. that being like a big thing when it was released because it oh, came yeah. in a special like two disc set, you know, and had all these, it had all these, um, the commentary, the commentaries, the you know, with, and, 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 you know, one of them is, is it's Fincher and, uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt sitting around and, and they're basically talking philosophy and all this kind of, you know, and just all this kind of just weird, you know, whatever. And then you had, you know, Helena Bonna Carter did one, you know, and all this stuff. And so, and we haven't even started talking about the movie. It's proper yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was one of those movies that, like I said, it, it developed a cult after the fact. For good and for ill both. Because it's one of those things where, even at the time, there was some criticism about, about the movie for being like this hyper-masculine, you know, it's kind of an anti-woman movie. And it's like, I see that. But I think that what really gets lost, and it's one of the things that Polnick talks about in the, that Rogan interview, of how he said the, re- the reason he thinks that it connected with men the way that it did, because it's predominantly a, a male oh, movie. I yeah, mean, like the, sure. the, the fan club is predominantly male. Yeah. There are some women who like to look at Brad Pitt with his shirt off, you know, or whatever it is. But it's still one of those things where it is predominantly a, like men love this movie. Yeah. And he said, you know, the, the reason that he, th- that he thinks it connected the way that it did, both the, the book and the, the movie especially, he said that every few years... And, and this interview is up in our fan plate page. You can go hear the actual interview. We said every few years there is a sisterhood of the traveling pants or a divine sister Yaya sisterhood or uh, how to build an, how to make an American quilt or any number of whatever yeah. these these books that were made into films for women about them coming together. And, and having these moments of, of community. And empowerment. And empowerment. Men don't get that. Well, we're told to be ashamed right. if something like that comes <laughs> out. But here's the thing, is that he said, he said really and truly, the reason that he, think, he thinks that it's connected is that we have two. We have Fight Club and we have Dead Poet Society. Yeah. And that's it. And it's kind of true. I mean, it, it's... Uh, and, and, you know, it was also one of those things we think about when this movie came out at the very end of the 90s. You know, we had come through, the 90s was a time whenever, in theory anyway, it was more acceptable for men to be more emotional. And, you know, we'd come through all the self-help yeah. stuff, you know, and there was all these books written about like, oh, you know, what was it, the uh, Wild at Heart, you know, and all this, like these 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 men-centric Hey, I'm going to go out into the wild because we were supposed to be, you know, these rugged outdoorsmen and we're not anymore and, you know, kind of stuff. And it's some of the stuff that they talk about in the movie. You know, some of the, yeah. some of the monologues that, you know, the, 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 that Tyler, that Tyler gives, you know, it's, hey, you know, we're, and one of my favorite ones. And I'm going to I'm going to drop the clip in here because it, we haven't even gotten in the movie yet. Drop the clip. I'm going right to drop the clip here. Well, I'm going to drop it here after I tell my version of it, and then we'll see what it is. Uh, but he, he talks about, you know, 
he, he's looking around. It's like while they're in the group, and he said, you know, I see, I see people. I see a lot of men here with a lot of potential. You know, he says, you know, we're the middle children of history. Look around, I look around. I see a lot of new faces. <laughs> Shut up. Which means a lot of you've been breaking the first two rules of Fight Club. I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see it squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. Slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. We didn't have a great war. He's talking about Generation X, is what yeah. he's talking about. And that's why I say this is such a Generation X movie. And I've heard complaints of like people like, oh, wow, you know, you had your nice corporate job and your 401 and blah, okay and blah, blah, blah. And, mm, and you're so, no. yeah, it must be nice to, you know, to, to have all this, this stability. And then you get to play. And I'm like, all right, shut up, millennials, for work, first off. Um, we're not the reason that you're in the situation you're in. It has a lot to do with the boomers and you, is what it comes down uh, to. Um, so. <laughs> There's, Sorry, there's my there's my rant. And that's a lot of revisionist history mm-hmm. because, you know, when a lot of us were coming of age, you know, we were coming out of college. There's no jobs. Right. We, you know, we, we were the first generation that's, that, that had to deal with that. Yeah. We were. You know, this is mm-hmm. not something that, that's... That's it's millennial centric. This was something that we've was, already been through. What was it? I, I forget. There was like a New York Times article or something. It said that we were going to be the first generation to not do as, as well, well as, as our, our parents, parents. Right. And we were told that from day one. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, but that, at one point we looked at him and go, whatever. Yeah, no, we don't exactly. Care. And we went and built, built the internet. You know, that's, <laughs> I always go back to that. I always go back to that. Our generation, it might not have been you and me specifically, but generation X built the internet it came out with some and really as well decent as some other music yeah, I know, and, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and again, got looked over into. Well, still getting looked over. Yeah, we're what gonna always going to get looked over. What was that over. CBS poll where they? Completely I know, completely left, left us, us out yeah. of it. I know. There's been, there's plenty of. Oh, if you go here's here's another one that happened. If you go and look up generations like on Google, yeah, you know at the top of it they'll have the different generations. Everything's listed there except for Generation X figures. I mean, seriously, it jumps from boom, the baby boomers to, to millennials, millennials yeah. and then into the Gen Z. And, you know, like, and I'm just like, goes back until like, you know, like the greatest generation, the, the, the silent generation, the, all that kind of stuff. Gen X is not listed there. It's just like, okay, fine. And it's funny because Google was found a lot of Gen Xer. Yeah, no, <laughs> he probably did that on purpose, ironically. Again, the irony of the situation is not yeah. lost on us, you know. Yeah. It's <laughs> so anyway... Um, Tyler Durden, we're gonna we're gonna have to get into this. A you, lot. You of were this. talking about your favorite 
your favorite. Well, that was my quote. It's like we're, we're, we are the the middle children of history. Yeah. You know, we and didn't have our great war. We, we didn't have a great war. We didn't have our we great depression. Right. We didn't. You know, our great on, war was sp- spiritual. Well, and our great depression is our lives. Exactly. And you also talked about how you know, we were, you know, in past generations, we went out with our fathers and, you know, learned to do things, to learn the world. Yeah. We learned to hunt. We learned to, you know, we learned to, to fish. To fish. To we camp. learned to, to camp. We learned to build. We learned to do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And we had a whole generation, as you said, we're a generation raised by women, you know. Not that that's such a bad thing. It's just that when you have a generation that does not have strong father figures, yeah. and ours did not, it's when you don't have a generation raised by men, you get... Well, one, a, ge- a lost generation in a lot of ways. One of two things happens with that situation. Either when they grow up, they go out and they purposefully go to learn those things on their own and try to outdo what their father did. Absolutely. And not be that person. Absolutely. Or they go completely the opposite direction and do everything that their father did and worse. Right. Right. And that's one of the things we're getting in the movie that, you know. And it's, it's, it, there is really no in-between there. Absolutely. So here we go. We're going to get into the movie now. Just in case someone is listening to this and has not seen this movie or does not know the twist. This is going to have some major spoilers. (laughs) There is a huge twist in this movie that was completely shocking at the time. And so here, here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie or read the book, go ahead. Stop listening now. Go watch it. Go watch it. Enjoy it, get angry, do whatever it is you're going to do. It's a $4 rental yeah. on Voodoo. And you can get, I mean, hell, you can find DVDs. I, I would suggest going and buying the the Blu-ray of it because well, yeah. it's got, the extras on it are great. I mean, it's like, okay, remember when I, I gave you, because I gave you my copy of it because I would gotten yes. that steel book. Remember I told you that it would mess with you when you first put it in? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this was... DVD, this Blu-ray is amazing because you put it in and it comes up and it says, you know, like, was it Paramount or whatever it is? And then it goes right into the the, the uh, home sc- the home menu mm-hmm. for Never Been Kissed. <laughs> yeah. And then it fades, it blinks a few times, and it actually goes into the Fight Club yeah, let me, main menu. Let me tell you, I, was, I, I had a bout of insomnia, and mm-hmm. I was up at like midnight, 1 o'clock, and needed something to watch to kind of settle down, and I popped it in. Like, what is this? And all of a sudden, I was like, what the... Uh, I know, oh. What? No, no, this is... He I know, gave me the wrong I know, disc. I know, I did the same, because I had bought, I purchased it and had not watched it yet, and yeah. I put it in one night to watch it, and that came up, I'm like... Was there a mistake? And I'm, oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, this is <laughs> good one. All right. Yeah, you got me. You know. Yeah. Um, insomnia. In the early part. Of, okay. First off, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. And, and honest answer. What is Edward Norton's character's name? Who knows? Correct. He's just the narrator. That's right. all he is in this. Now he, he goes by many names in right. this movie. Now the one that they keep coming back to is Jack. Yeah. Which comes from because he finds there he's reading when when he moves in with Tyler, he's reading all these magazines that were left behind in this house. And it's like Somebody who'd written a bunch of short stories where they had pers- they had personified they, different they were writing organs. St- yeah, and it was like I am James 
Abdul Oblongala or I am whatever. And one of them was I am Jack's whatever. Yeah. And so he keeps coming back to that over time where he's like, I am Jack's lack of empathy or I am Jack's lack of caring yeah. or whatever, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of start thinking, oh, his name's Jack. No, he actually has a name that he goes by at the very beginning that he's using when he's in the office. No, he doesn't. You sure about that? Positive. He's never given a name in this. Hmm. Now, in Fight Club 2, we find out what his real name is. Don't tell me I'm ready. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where our narrator is, he's having real trouble with insomnia. Major trouble. Major, like, and something that you and I both have, know about. I have dealt with and, and still I deal with. I have said, and I said it on our episode about insomnia, this movie and The Machinist oh, are both excellent in yeah. portraying the long-term effects of insomnia. Yeah. Uh, and he even talks about, you know, like, when you can't sleep, everything is a copy of a, a copy, copy of, of a, a copy. copy. And it's true. Yeah. It is 100% true. Everything have, flattens out. Yes. Um, you, 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 everything. Yeah. Your emotions flatten out. Your, you know, your, your sense of color, your sense of taste. I mean, everything just flattens out after a while. Thankfully, I have <clears> not had as bad a problem with that as I've gotten older as I did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, because I did some of the staying up for three or four days at a time and it's not fun Uh, i mean it's not fun it wreaks all kinds of havoc on your system so anyways he can't he can't sleep going to the doctor and the doctor keeps telling him you know you're fine you're fine you're do whatever blah blah. you need you need and and i've been through that with doctors before it's like no you need natural sleep you don't need you know because he asked him to give him something and he's like hey i'm in pain here he's like you want to see pain go to the the cancer support group on tuesday nights you know yeah so he does and he becomes an addict yeah and so a support groups because he goes in there and he pretends to have all these diseases and he cries with everybody and that kind of stuff and, and he sleeps wonderfully it's an emotional release absolutely you which know? is what a lot of people not just men are I, looking for I know, anymore i know and and this was 21 years ago yeah <laughs> yeah and so it's one of those things where you know he starts going to this stuff in the process of it he meets marla singer played by helena bonacarter probably the best thing i've ever seen her in I've seen her in some stuff I liked other than this, yeah. but this is the one I always go back to with her. This is her iconic role. I, I know what Sans Butt's about. Well, it. people are going to pull out the Harry Potter stuff, and that's I've, what she's going to end I've, up being remembered for. I've not seen any of those movies, so but I can tell the, you. You're right. This is where she's she's definitely showing off right, the chops. Right, right. Now, I had seen her previously in a movie called Wings of the Dove, and it's a period piece from like the late 1800s for early 1900s, somewhere around in there, you mm-hmm. know, and it based on liter- you know, a book, you know, this, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought, oh yeah, she, I kind of kept my eye on her. I was like, wow, she's, she's really good, you know? And then that was, I think a year before this movie came out or something like that. Yeah. So when I saw, it, I was like, oh, hey, it's her. And she was in something else in there too. I can't remember. Um, she did um, Sweeney Todd. No, before oh, Fight before Club. Then? Yeah. Since, I mean, she was in all that, because she was married to Tim Burton for a while. Yeah. And she was in all of his movies. You know, she was in um, uh, the Alice in Wonderland movies, and she was in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. She was in, well, it wasn't his movie, but she was in Les Miserables, and she was, I mean, she's been in a bunch of 
other movies and stuff like that. Um, but this was the one, this was her breakout role and probably the one she will always be known for. Well, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's her, it's Edward Norton, mm-hmm. it's Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. There's another actor in this that people don't realize is in this. Okay. Jared Leto's in this. Oh, yeah. He's Angel Face. That's what yeah. his name is. Yeah. And it's and this was, I was going to say Jared Leto, because he has a small role in this. Yeah. This, I can say this movie is the one that led to him becoming Jared Leto that won an Oscar later. Yeah. Where he started doing like really serious films. Prior to this, he was just Jordan Catalano. Yeah. I'm sorry for, that's, that's all he was up until he did this part. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Jordan Catalano was a character on My So-Called Life. It was like his first big role as his breakout, yeah. you know. Which you should go watch if you it's haven't a good, seen Yeah, that. it's good. It's, it's one and season wonder type thing. And it should have it should have been more, but it, it's perfect the way that it is. And so. he also has a band, 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, we don't which, talk about that. So. Which you don't like, but I, I kind of dig some of their stuff. Well, that's funny because like when he's... When Tyler, when they're sitting here, he's talking about, you know, we all grew up thinking we were going to be this, you know, blah, 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 and rock stars. He walks right past him and looks and looks at Jared Leto, yeah. you know, when he says it. So it's kind of funny. It's like, because he was already, he'd been in that band for a Forever, while yeah. before they really kind of hit big, you know. And um, so um, I, there's another cameo in this that you probably don't remember. Other than Meatloaf? Well, yeah. Meatloaf is the other one. And that's not a cameo. He's a major Meatloaf, actor. Meatloaf plays Bob or Robert Paulson, as we know. Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. Um, his name was Robert Paulson. That's right. His, his name, name was, was Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, Which is actually, that's kind of a poignant scene if you think it about really it. It really is. It really is. But Edward Kowalski from the band Live is in this movie. I did not realize near the that. end of the movie when he catches up to Marla and they're sitting in the restaurant. Yeah, and he and the waiter comes up and is like, "Oh, anything you order here is it, is that him? That's that's him. Oh yes. wow, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize it. Yes, that's him. And I didn't either until someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, "Oh wow, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a so yeah. Ed from from Live is in this. Nice. Um, again, we keep talking all around this. So, anyways, <laughs> we're spo- we're going to spoil the hell out of this. So, okay, all right, before we do that, so uh, we find out that the narrator works for a major car company. Car manufacturer. He doesn't, he will not tell which one it is because he's telling what he is. He is, a, he's an adjuster. Basically, if they have a, I'm going to put the clip in here. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. I was a recall coordinator. My job was to apply the formula. A new car built by my company leaves somewhere traveling at 60 miles per hour. The rear differential locks up. The car crashes and burns with everyone trapped inside. Now, should we initiate a recall? Take the number of vehicles in the field, A, multiply it by the probable rate of failure, B, then multiply the result by the average out-of-court settlement, C, A times B times C equals X. If X is less than the cost of a recall, we don't do one. Are there a lot of these kinds of accidents? You wouldn't believe. Which car company do you work for? A major one. So basically what it is is that he goes, you know, as you heard from the clip, he goes and, you know, basically determines whether or not they, they should do a recall yeah. if, there's a, if there's an issue with and the car. And if the body count payout is smaller than, than the, what actual the actual recall. actual out-of-court statement, yeah, then they won't worry about it. Yeah. 
Um, Which sounds pretty. So he travels a lot. Yeah. yeah, he travels a lot, and that's when he met, he meets Tyler. Yeah, when he actually meets Tyler, because we see Tyler show up a couple times prior to this in little bits and pieces. You're, you're going to miss the first three. No, I saw when I, when we, when I saw this back in the theater, I saw the little clips of him just appearing here you're, and there, and it was going to catch little flashes, right? With, from and then he's on the escalator. He's on the the in, people mover, right? On the people mover in the background. He he's going to show up in like little two and three frame, right? Pops, right? So he he meets. Well, first off, he before the, the, the first before one this, is when he's talking okay, to the doctor. Hold, hold, hold. Before this though, he um he confronts Marla because Marla yeah. starts showing up at all of the meetings with you know, and he confronts her and and you know because he knows that she's a faker and blah blah blah, and she's just. She knows that he. She knows that she's a faker because he is. He's yeah, a exactly. Faker. And it's one of those things, Marla Singer. Oh God, I love Marla Singer. Um, <laughs> because let me tell you, Marla Singer is absolutely the type of woman that I would have chased after back in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1999, and a little in further. I know that that just she definitely my type. Um, but it it's one of those things that they have this whole thing, and there's even like even she asks his name. Remember? Yeah. And we never get a, you know, she's like, so what is it? Is it, is it Cornelius? Is it, is it, you know, he, she goes down a list of all these names he uses in the, the in, support, in the support groups and we never get a, Definitely an answer. answer. We never get an answer at all because a bus drives by and it cuts to the scene. So he meets Tyler on a plane and, um, he's telling him you know, all this stuff and, you know, and Tyler is just so cool and, you know, and he has these little clever things. He talks about his single serving friends and, you know, Actually, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things cause you know, everything's a single serving on an airplane. On Actually, flight. that's not Tyler. That's a yeah, narrator. No, no, no. It's Tyler. Well, he's, no, well, it's a narrator. It's the narrator. That's what I'm saying. He's telling, he says something to Tyler, Tyler about yeah. you're, you by far the most interesting single serving friend that I have. Yeah. And, and he just, Tyler just sits there and looks at him. He goes, I call single serving friends because, you know, and he's like, Oh, I get it. And he's like, yeah, it's just my clever little thing. He's like, so clever. He's like, how does that work out for you? He's like, what? Being clever. Mm, pretty good. It, and he's just like, Keep oh. doing it. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh. And it's just one of those things that he notices that they have the same uh, suit, uh, uh, briefcase. Briefcase. Okay. The only, the only mistake I've found in this movie um, is that whenever they get back, and he finds out that his apartment has, has exploded. Yeah. You know, his, his boyfriend. He calls Tyler. And, of course, he doesn't answer. And then he Tyler calls him back on the pay, on the payphone. Yes, payphones. That's how far back we're going here. Yep. Um, and he says, hey, we met on the plane. Remember, we had the same suitcase. Yeah. That's the only mistake because he says suitcase instead of briefcase. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay. But that's, that's the only mistake I found in his. Let's just go ahead and ruin it right now for anybody. Everybody knows Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same person. Yes. It is a split. It's a split personality. His, his insomnia has caused a major break. Right. In his right. persona. And they, they, and because I don't want to go through this point by point all the way through all the stuff because it's, <laughs> we could sit here for an hour doing that yeah. easily. You know? um, so it's one of those things that it brings up some questions for me as far as how other people perceive Tyler Durden yeah. slash the narrator, because they we are, are seeing polar we, opposites and we are seeing them 
together. Yeah. Talking to each other. And there are other people in the rooms. And it's kind of one of those, because there are several times like when they're in the car together. And they're, you know, Tyler's driving, narrator's sitting in the in the passenger seat, and then there's three of Project Mayhem. Two. I thought it was three. It's only two. Okay, there's two. No, there's three of them. There's two. I just watched I it. I did two. And I, and the thing is, I kept looking at it because it's one of those things, they keep going back and forth, but I think there's somebody in the middle. There's not. There's only mm-hmm. two, and when they get out of the car, there's only four of them outside the car. I, the reason I know this is because I was watching this thing for all the, yeah, all the little it, yeah. details because the film editor in me wants right. to well, but the thing download is, this into my favorite the, the linear editor it, and go by, through it frame by frame. The thing about it is that they're talking to each other back and forth, yeah. and they keep answering in the back You know, every time. He's like, you know, what, you know, what are... What's going on? He was like, yeah, what's going on or whatever. And the guys in the back keep saying, you know, the first rule of Project Mayhem is you don't talk, you know. And yeah. and the narrator keeps saying, shut up. You know, it's not Tyler. It's the narrator. So it's one of those things. And they kind of look at each other at one point like, what's going on with this dude? Yeah. You know, of course, when you watch it the first time, you don't get any of this. That was the thing. This was such a, okay. Did this, did you have any indication when you watched it the first time? No. Okay. Here's, and and this is me. I did not figure it out, okay. But I knew something was up, and I had in my mind I had con- I had come up with a theory of what was actually happening, and I was a little bit right, but a lot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when the narrator goes to visit Marla, when you know she's she calls him over to her place, not the suicide attempt, but the other the second yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's walking out, and then Bob walks up. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, Cornelius, Cornelius, hey, you know, and he starts the whole, you know, I got a new, I found a new place, you know, and uh, first rules, I'm not supposed to tell you about anything about it. And second, I'm not supposed to say anything. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a member too, you know, and they start whatever. And he starts talking about Tyler Durden. Yeah. And of course, the narrator, oh, have you met the man that, that created Fight Club and blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of got this look on his face like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, you know, everything. Yeah. And when, for whatever reason, when he said, so you've met, so have you met Tyler Durden? And, and then like Edward Norton, you know, the narrator's face is just like, what? Cause it's this real letdown of like, you don't know. For whatever reason, when I was watching the movie, something clicked in my head of, I didn't think they were the same person, but I thought what was actually happening was that Tyler was pretending to be the narrator and talking about, quote unquote Tyler yeah. as being the narrator. As basically saying he was actually like he was actually trying to push all the responsibility off on Edward Norton. Yeah. And it not be him, you know, type thing. And again, I was a little bit right, but I was a lot wrong. <laughs> yeah. So when it actually happened, it was still a big surprise of like, oh wow, okay. Uh, a couple of things with this. There's one thing that, that's another mistake that has when the narrator is explaining what Tyler does at night with all these jobs that he has, when yeah. he's working in the movie theater and he, he's splicing sing, single frames <laughs> of, of hardcore pornography into family films, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. He's explaining how the film reels work. And he's like, yeah, whenever you see this, it's called a cigarette burn. Yeah. That's not what that's called. That was completely made up for the film. Yeah. And that's people who were, who were still like the few places around where they still are projectionists and stuff are like, really pissy about that like yeah. no that's not a thing that ever existed prior to this movie you know now those little things i remember seeing those oh, back yeah. in the day like well, he, this is would, where it was he would point them he out he pointed to it yeah i know it was Doop. it was yeah exactly you know 
and that's one of the things with this movie is that it's very aware. And it's another thing. It's very of its time because this was at a time when... Breaking the fourth wall was kind of well, a thing. I'm going to say, this is at a time when... This is a time before digital yeah. really took over. So it was one of those things that everything was on film. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff in this. Like there, You will see the film kind of like... There's one point where Tyler turns and looks at the camera and he starts talking. He's like, something says something like, prepare for crash down or something. And it, it the film looks like it, it starts to... It's getting ready to come to off come the off tracks. The, right. Yeah. And then it, it... Right. You know. So there's stuff like that that in the theater, you're kind of like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. And, and and there was a bunch... And also, like, with all the little, like, Tyler, little flashes of Tyler that keep... It's like, is there something wrong with the film? But I, but I recognize, you know, that's Brad Pitt. That's obviously Brad Pitt. That's yeah. These little flashes, you know? Um, so... I don't even know where to go from here. Well, towards, <laughs> we get into, towards the end we of the get film, into, you actually get the we get into, couple of frames of hardcore. Well, yeah, at the very end of the movie, yeah. But it, what I was going to say, you know, eventually Fight Club turns into Project Mayhem, yes. which is... There's some interesting stuff in there. Did you ever, did you, I'm sure you did, but there are a ton of product placements in this thing. Oh, yeah. That on was done purpose. on purpose. That It was all because... And because Tyler rails against that type of stuff, you know, yeah. like corporate sponsorships and this and that. Consumerism. And, yeah. You and, are not what you own. Yeah, exactly. And, the things... Oh, my favorite. The the things, that, the things that you own wind up owning you. Yeah. I have... Ever since I heard that when I was 25 years old, I've really kind of kept that in the back. I was like, no, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Of... I'm going through that a little bit with like my grandmother passing, you know, six months ago or whatever. And so now we're like going in, we've had to go in and like get all of her stuff. And my grandmother was one of those people. It's like, Oh, there's a spot. We got to put a piece of furniture there. Yeah. And I mean, this house is just wall to wall stuff. You know, she wasn't a hoarder or anything. It was just, Oh, I need a new clock for this, or I need a new chair for here. Or they need this blah, blah, blah. And so it's just one of those things. Decorators. Yeah. But it's like, overly decorating yeah i mean just furniture 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 you know and it's like yeah you're after a while your stuff does end up owning you because yeah. it's like well i can't move into a smaller house because i got all this stuff or i can't oh, i don't me, i'm doing or i don't that. or i don't want to move all of my stuff to a new place because you know or, or believe you know me, I've, I've i've dealt with that a lot mm -hmm. in my life because we've moved around so much but the first house that me and my wife lived in that we rented was like 2,300 square foot. Mm -hmm. And we moved in and we were comfortable. And then we moved and, well, we had to move. And right. the house we ended up buying was 1,200 square foot. Which, yeah, you about half the space. <laughs> and It's still the same amount of stuff. And six years later, we're right. still trying to figure out where to put everything. Right. And I have, I have several times in my life, in my adult life, done a purges in I'm, my house of like, I'm getting rid of everything that, that I don't need. I just, I've, I've done you that know. when I was single. Yeah. And you try to do that when you're married you, and yeah, somebody ends stay, up mad at you. You don't stay married for very long when you do that. <laughs> I'm still married. No, I've taken some beatings. Right, right. Yeah, so, so but, sorry, honey. It's, it's project mayhem is all about destroying stuff, which is something that, that, well, it's not just Earlier, about destroying stuff. It's it's about literally causing mayhem. Absolutely, you in know, the, it's one of in those, the war room. He the, had folders up there that was disinformation, right? And you know, misinformation. And they do stuff, you know, yeah. where you know, he gives them you know, like a go and start a fight with somebody, a stranger, this week and Homework lose. You know, yeah, it. you know, it was uh, one of them. Like the one whenever 
Bob is killed. Yeah. They they were destroying a piece of corporate art and a uh, a, franchi- a franchise coffee, uh, which is supposed to be Starbucks, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, now Starbucks does appear in this, but they would not sign off on having one of their their uh, locations, uh, their locations destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. So it was like, all right. Um, and I really kind of wonder what some of the other because I mean Pepsi is all over this thing. You see yeah. Pepsi and Mountain Dew machines and all that, uh, Krispy Kreme, yeah. IKEA, Cadillac, BMW. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just one after another after another after. Now here's the fun one. Apple is in this. Yes. I'm trying to remember. When when they're showing right before the film goes crazy, they show where they go into this they 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 blow up that display oh, in the window. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's You're right. that is That's... Apple. It's a, it's a Macintosh that happens at the 84th minute of the movie. <laughs> Which if you know anything, Apple had that 1984, I'm, you know, back in 1984, they did that that super that famous Super Bowl commercial, you know, with the 19 once. right, the whole that 1984, you know, like like the Orwell, you know, yeah. type stuff. That happens at the 84th minute of the movie when when that display that. explodes. Brilliant. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't read it years ago. It was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, you know. But it, what's funny about that is the revolutionary computer right. company right. has now become oh, they're corporate the is everything. Corporate. I know. I know. And uh, yeah, and talk about it. And don't get me wrong, I got a Macintosh here. I got my my iPhone. You know, uh, yeah. I've got you know that kind of stuff. I've got a couple of iPads. You know, but it's one of those things. They very much want to lock down, lock you down into yeah. their their corporation, their corporate speak, and and you know their uh, what do they call it? Their uh, corporate um, uh, lifestyle. But um, yeah, it's basically a lifestyle company. Yeah, but what's it called? It's called something else. It's uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. There's a reason why I don't have any corporate jobs because. <laughs> Uh, for one thing, I've made myself completely unemployable to a corporate, for a corporation uh, with my tattoos and just my general attitude. But it's just kind of one of those like, all right, whatever. Uh, very Gen X thing to do, I know. Yeah. Uh, but all that stuff's happening. They're leading to this. But basically, in, in theory, I like the idea. They're going to destroy all of these buildings that house the... That that are it's basically the credit corporation. The credit cards is what it it's is. The it's credit cards and right. the credit reporting right. industry. And so it's, and the whole the whole thing is if we set everybody back to zero, then we're all on an even playing field. Yeah. Even in nineteen ninety-nine, the records for that wouldn't have been like that. They were already starting to move stuff yeah. onto servers and you know and that kind of stuff. Server so I mean farms. they might they might have been able to do a little bit, yeah. but I mean but still. But yeah, that that is a one of my favorite scenes in the movie. One of my and it was one it was in and I remember it so vividly is when the narrator, like after he discovers that he is Tyler Durden, you know like that, that yeah. they're one in the same. And uh, he's going to try to stop this thing, and he's and he's quote unquote fighting Tyler in the basement of this this building. Yeah, and he dearms one of the bombs, you know, and Tyler, you know, like throws him out of the, out of the van and goes and closes the door. Well, he rearms the bomb. He rearms the bomb. He closes the door, and he goes. And the narrator jumps up and grabs a gun and fires at Tyler, and it goes through the, the back, back window, window and through the if, windshield. Yeah. And Tyler stands in front of him. He's like, whoa, whoa, you are now, he's like, you are, you've really done it. You're shooting at your imaginary friend in front of, who's standing in front of a van full of 4,000 pounds of explosives. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Now, my most favorite, because this movie starts off basically at the end of the movie and then goes back. Oh, yeah. We should go here. Yeah. And it goes back and he starts telling the story. You know, the narrator's telling the story of how we got here. Yeah. So what starts off is that you get a scene. Once again, if you haven't seen this movie, but the scene where... Tyler's got the gun in the narrator's mouth, and he says, "So do you have any final? You have any last words?" And he says, oh, 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 "Whatever." And he pulls out. He's like, "I can't think of anything." And then he goes through and tells a story. So you get to this point where he's like, "And then so we're back where we started." And he's got the gun in his mouth. Yeah. And he says, "So have you got any last words?" And he pulls it out. And he says, "I still can't think of anything." And Tyler goes, "Flashback humor." <laughs> 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 The other, the other line that hit me there is when you've got a gun in your mouth, you can only say vowels. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so anyways, it comes down to uh, uh, the narrator, quote unquote, kills Tyler, and we watch. Uh, well, the narrator basically tries to commit suicide by putting the gun in his mouth and pulling right, the trigger, right? Uh, but he manages to screw it up. Well, yeah, he kills. He quote unquote kills Tyler. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he shoots, and that's another one. Everybody's like, "Sir, are you okay?" He's like, yeah, "I'm fine, I'm fine," you know, because he's like shot basically through his neck. Is yeah. what he did, it's through his mouth into his neck, and uh, and that's the same thing basically when, when broke his jaw. Yeah, it when they bring his jaw. What's so funny is when Marla comes in and she's being Marla and just screaming and blah blah blah. And she's like, "I can't believe, whoa, what happened to you?" <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> well, I shot myself. Are you okay? He's like, I shot myself. Yeah. Like, Can I get some you shot galls? yourself? Can I get some galls? <laughs> And it's funny because I don't know if you notice because they say it so low when the other member like the, the when the space monkeys get into elevator to leave yeah. one of them says I can't believe he's standing I stand and the other guy's just like tough as a motherfucker I've ever seen <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and it's like yeah to get shot like that there's no way that you well, would be standing not so, just I mean, to get shot like that but to shoot yourself like that I know that. I know but then we get the beautiful beautiful scene when the buildings start exploding yeah and they're standing there and the pixie song where is my mind starts playing yep and tyler looks or well the narrator looks over at marla and takes her hand and says i just want you to know when we i was in a very strange place when we met yeah and then you just see the buildings falling down in the background and i'm like that is one of the best in my opinion one of the best endings yeah of course then you get the shot of a naked dude <laughs> just like one one frame of it yeah <laughs> I, I've actually got a theory okay. about after he shot himself. Okay. I don't think he got rid of Tyler. Okay. I think he probably, my theory is, is that he put the two halves of himself back together. And now that he's going to end up a blend of those two okay. characters. Without giving away everything that happens in Flight, Fight Club 2, I'm going to answer that question. Okay. We fast forward, I think it's 10 years later. And I'm not giving away what I said. The narrator's real name is Sebastian. Okay. We, we've come to find that. Him and Marla are married. They have a son. And he is taking medication to subdue Tyler. Okay. We find out over the course of Fight Club 2 that Tyler has been with him since he was a kid. Really? And Tyler is a, uh, is a mental virus that can infect anyone. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, and that's all I'm going to say because it goes, you, you start finding out some more stuff that becomes, now here's what happens in the book, and this isn't good because this happens so early on. So is infectious? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Um, 
here's what happens in the book that causes, or one of the things that causes Tyler to reemerge is that Marla really doesn't like this life because he's back working a corporate job and all this kind of stuff. And she's essentially a housewife and she doesn't like their sex life or that kind of stuff. So she starts giving him placebos instead of the real medication for Tyler to come out. Oh. Which is a Marla thing to do. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> like, like you said, you have a type. Yeah. Well, you know. You, but... You, you like... I put on one of the... On, on the playlist, one of the videos on YouTube that yeah. I put on there, someone went through and... Ba- it's a half-hour video. And it basically goes through the entire comic of Fight Club 2 and tells the story. Okay. With pictures and you know all that kind of stuff, and it tells a story. It gets very meta. Okay. It gets very meta because Chuck Palahniuk is in the book, is in Fight Club Two. Okay. Yeah, and it talks about like the the cult of Tyler and you know people and like him, and he even calls out, "Is this too meta? Is this you know type stuff? You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those type things, you know." And you see him and Tyler, you like talking to each other and, and all this kind of junk, you know? Yeah. Um, it's okay. It's, it's pretty decent. It, it was kind of one of those, like, I think it, it probably, it's nice that it was, this was, it was published by uh, Dark Horse Comics um, and it was published issue to issue. You know, it was like, yeah. I think it was five or six issue comic or something like that. And then the, the version you have here is a hardback. I have a hardback cover. Graphic, there is a, there is a paperback novel. of it also. Um and um, I'm not gonna lie. I mm. honestly prefer comics in this form. Yeah, I I, I stopped the, buying new comics several years ago. But the one, kid they're in me very still, expensive. Yeah, the kid in me still enjoys the single. I, yeah, I do know, too. Comics like that. But as an adult, if I can pick up like an entire year, entire run, or I know. An yeah, usually run, they come in six episodes, six issues. Yeah, uh, like the the trades are usually six issues, like and that's I, good because that's usually usually it's either that it's either six issues or it's an entire story arc depending on however which which whatever one. I think I've got like three or four of the preacher arcs in mm-hmm. graphic novel form. I have the entire. Um, that's the way I read the uh, the Walking Dead because it had been out, yeah. that that book had been out for a while whenever I started reading it. So I was just picking up the volumes of it. And, I've got and, a hardback version of. Um, the complete Batman, right? A oh, couple, I've got a couple middle ones in the Dark Knight Returns. I've got all kinds of. I've got the complete Joker stuff, you know? stories. Yeah. So, but anyways, Fight Club is awesome. Uh, I love the movie. I have watched it a lot. Like I said, there is there is some controversy around. We didn't really get into it. One of the controversies about this movie, and I fully am on board with this one. It's not even really that controversial. Is that there is a certain sect of society who watched this movie and came away with completely wrong. Yeah. Of it really started the bro culture of the affliction wear and the, you know, wanting to fight all the time and, yeah. you know, and, you know, you know, what's the matter, bro? Huh? What's up, bro? You know, just type this hyper masculine, like douchebag, you yeah. know, just, and believe me, the years after this movie came out, when that became prevalent, like the about the ten years or so in between, yeah. you know, the movie releasing, I dealt with that quite a bit when I was I was single and back out in the bars and stuff again. All of a oh, sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, who opened the douche factory? I mean, just and you come to find out, all of them's favorite movie is Fight Club. 
Well, something that, else. Oh, excuse me. Everybody's favorite movie in that sect is Fight Club and the Boondock Saints. <laughs> Those two movies. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I kind of hate that because I really like the Boondock yeah. Saints, and I actually own the the metal book, the steel book, yeah. the steel book of Boondock. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, that, that movie's. I enjoy that anyway, movie. Anyway, it's, it's you need a, to see over. You need to see overnight. You really need to. It's a documentary about the making of that movie. Oh, really? Oh, you will come away with a whole different perspective on it. Well, I guess I need to find it, Tim. Yeah. Um, The other thing that this movie shows is how easy it is to, if you have a bunch of men Mm -hmm. that really have no outlet, that really have nobody to turn to, that have literally no outlets whatsoever, Mm -mm. how easy it is to turn them into a sect Oh yeah, and corrupt them, right? And turn you start them turn into a cult. That's yeah. what it is. It is a cult of Tyler Durden, is what it is. And I you mean, know, and again, I'm going to drop in here of when when the narrator discovers that he is Tyler Durden, yeah. and Durden flat says, "I'm everything that you're not." Say it. Because we're the same person. That's right. We are the all singing, all dancing crowd. I don't understand this. You were looking for a way to change your life. You could not do this on your own. All the ways you wish you could be, that's me. I look like you want to look. I fuck like you want to fuck. I am smart, capable, and most importantly, I'm free in all the ways that you are not. Oh, no. Tyler's not here. Tyler went away. Tyler's gone. What? This is impossible. No, this is crazy. People do it every day. Talk to themselves, they see themselves as they'd like to be. They don't have the courage you have to just run with it. Naturally, you're still wrestling with it, so sometimes you're still you. We should do this again sometime. Other times, you imagine yourself watching me. This is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Little by little, you're just letting yourself become Tyler Dirt. I'm, I, like I said, I'm going to drop that yeah. in there. I'm not even going to mean, try to. It, you know. it shows how easy that a charismatic character can turn a group of people mm-hmm. to their will. We see it. We've seen it. Jonestown. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you can go down a whole bunch of the Bikram uh, uh, yoga, that whole situation. You know, you look the or the uh, the 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 uh, what is it? Uh, wild Wild Country. You know, stuff that happened. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? I mean, there's plenty of examples of that type of uh, the Branch Davidians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can go down the line of, of all that type of stuff. You get this charismatic, you know, guy. Yeah. It's, cults are almost never founded by women. It's always men. <laughs> it's <laughs> Wait, if, if you don't understand how something like this happens, yeah. this movie's a pretty good yeah, example it really of how is. something like you know? that happens. And and it, it's I've had one legit corporate job in my life and I was miserable the entire time I was there like entire time I was there and I would not go back to that for anything in my, in my life I'm like I don't care I don't care how much money you're giving me I will not go back to this whatsoever yeah. you know and that's very you know one of the other movies that came out in 1999 and I, I still don't think it's as good as everybody goes on and on about is Office Space 
And I mean, it's it's a funny movie, but I didn't I just didn't connect with it the way that so many other people did. Probably because I had not worked a corporate job at that point. I, you know, I connect with that. Yeah, movie. and so it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, I yeah, okay, I can see it a little more now. You know, just that that very repressive culture of you know conformity and this you know and and all that stuff. And he goes through you know, and as he's getting more and more involved in Fight Club, you know, he like. He even says, he's like, I, I don't even wear a tie to work any longer. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where he's... Where becoming, he could look at his boss and tell what day it was. By the, what, by the color of the tie he was wearing. Yeah, yeah I know. It was uh, It's like, oh, it's cornflower. It must be Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, that type of stuff, you know. And uh, and there's a lot of that, too. You know, if they're in that meeting and he was like, yeah, I ran it past my man over here. And everything. He just like... Yeah, he shows his teeth. He's just like all bloodied and everything, yeah. you know. And everybody's just like, what in the world? But it is one of those things where... They show that, and it goes back to why Chuck Palahniuk wrote this book, you know, of it shows him walking through, and he's got a black eye and all this stuff, and people are kind of looking at him, but they're not saying anything. They're just, okay, whatever, just go about your business, you know. That eventually turns to everybody he looks at that's kind of looking at him, eventually acknowledging him as sir. Right, exactly. Oh, I'll tell you one of the things. This movie, from the beginning, after, like, after you watch it the first time, you go back and and, for, and you watch it again because the second time you watch the movie, you're looking for all the clues. Yeah. They're there from the very beginning of yeah. stuff. So little little things that are that are dropped here and there of how, you know, uh, one of them for me that I thought was kind of curious when I watched it the first time in theaters was when Marla calls. And yeah. yeah, and she's like, you know, she's taking the Xanax, you know, whatever. And he was like, whatever. And he puts the phone down and he leaves. Well, not only that, it was like, how'd you track me down here? Yeah, well, she said there was a forwarding number. This is after his phone, you know, you left a forwarding number, I guess, at the old whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's one of those things that when that happens, and then he, he just puts the receiver, the phone receiver on top of the phone and leaves. Yeah. And then Tyler, who you can see in the background, comes walking up a little bit later and gets on the phone and starts talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, he know. never even talks to her. He, he does. Just, he, he picks just... up the phone and he listens and he says something. And she's talking. I guess that's yeah. what it is. And then he goes over to her place. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I remember at the time being, this is kind of curious because first off, he knew where to go. Yeah. And secondly, when he, when he when she opens the door... She just says, what took you so long? Yeah. She doesn't act like, who are you? What's, you know, what, you know. So there was a few things that was like, okay, well, she's Xanaxed, you know, so it's, you know, we'll figure out what's going, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guarantee you, again, I haven't read the book, okay? I've I've read bits and pieces of it, but I've never read the entire book. That's how I knew that the the ending was different, and somebody had told me that anyway. Um, I don't know how much they get into like Tyler does in the movie of, Hey, did you know you can create a bomb, you know, dynamite with this and that and and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Obviously, if that wasn't in the book, the guy that wrote the screenplay had at some point come into contact with and read parts of the anarchist cookbook. Which you can't hardly find anymore. It's still one of those things that it's in print, but you can't just walk in and buy it. And if it's, you do, you're probably going to end up on, on a, a wild, list. On a yeah, list. because it's one of those things that that 
I know this because I know someone who used to have a copy of it, but he required it through a different means. And I've also there was a there is a documentary called the Anarchist Cookbook where yeah. they go and they find the guy who wrote it, who has since he, he's passed since this documentary was made. I think it came out in either 2017 or 2018 or something like that. But in that documentary, he had even said, I really regret writing this book, you know, and getting it out there because it has been, it has been used for some terrorist activities, you know, around, you know, and, uh, but it's one of those things that according to that, it's one of those things where it's still legal to purchase but if you commit a crime and they find it, it automatically bumps the charges up. Yeah. Because of, you know, so it's one of those weird, like, sure, you can have it, but there's going to be some serious consequences if you can, if you get busted for something. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but now, granted, they didn't tell you the exact things to do. They pretty much laid out in this movie how to make dynamite, how to make nitroglycerin, how to, you know, yeah. different stuff like that. Um, the thing about it is, is, with the advent of the internet, it's all out there. It's yeah, all I know, out there, I know. and now we've got three D printing. Yes, and affordable three D printing. Yeah, and let's be honest, terrorism has taken some leap. Oh, just the industry. Project around. Gen X podcast does not endorse no, anything that no, we're we talking about. Here. We don't endorse any of this. If you're doing this, we're just you're wrong saying. And stop it. We're just saying um, that it's there. I, it's, uh, I, well, I was listening to Rogan. I forget who he was talking about, but he was talking about the industry around terrorism. Oh, yeah. to, oh, yeah. it's huge. It's it's been huge for years. And, you know, you know they've got their own version of GitHub at this mm-hmm. point, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Get into a lot, a lot of the dark web stuff, you know. It's you, know, yeah. you don't even have to go to the dark web to find a lot of it. No. That's how ISIS recruits, you know. I mean, it's just one of those things is that they get people in, like, hey, did you know that you can do this? Did you know, it's kind of the same stuff that Tyler does. Yeah, you know, no, where it's, it's exactly the same. I know where it's you know, <laughs> you know what you know what's funny about it. And I said this years and years ago, um, not in conjunction with this, but in watching this movie again, it kind of it kind of dovetail dovetails in with the rest of this uh-huh. when i was working uh, my corporate job i worked for saturn i'll say it because they're not yeah. in business any longer um i remember telling somebody at the time i was like you know all this corporate corp- corporate culture that they're they're pushing it's at, at you know in, in the car industry yeah it's not a whole lot unlike trying to recruit people to come to church and well, recruiting it's very to much recruit the same. anybody into anything I know. and it's so and it's kind of one of those things where it's like okay that corporate culture the, the you know trying to the um, conversion to uh, religion and the indoctrination into cults all kind of dovetail into the same well, thing. So I mean, building a corporate lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I mean Harley's one of the best out there they are. at building they are. that corporate lifestyle. It's it's a lifestyle. You know, you don't right. you don't just ride a motorcycle. No, you, you yeah. ride a Harley. Right. And and you, and you wear you wear Harley leathers and you you know you get the Harley boots and, and you only put on the Harley accessories. Exactly. You know, you unless know. you really step it up and go over to S and S. Whatever. It's not just Harley, it's Triumph, it's whatever. Yeah. Motorcycles in general have their own culture. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those you know, Harley is kind of the American standard. Yeah. When it comes to that stuff, uh, but yeah, it, it very much so. When you get into court, yeah. when you get into Harley's culture, one, Apple's Apple, one, mm-hmm. um, Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, it's yeah. Are you are you Ford and Chevy? Yeah, you know what? Are you can go down the line of a whole bunch of that stuff. Amazon, 
is one, you know. Screw I mean, it's, I know you don't like, but I'm just saying it. But it is a Walmart. I mean, that is the the whole like. If you work for Walmart, you know they have this whole thing where they have a meeting. You can go and like see it online. Yeah. Where before they, they op- really get the doors, they open, open the door. They, they all have, get together and they, they have they, a pep rally. And they have a pep rally and they chant and you know and it's like you know, all that kind of it's, stuff. It's, it's kind like, of hmm. you know that stuff developed over in Japan, right? With their corporations, and as Japan has become more of an industry player in the U.S. They've brought that lifestyle with mm-hmm. them. I was working for a, a catering company a while back, and we would always have these, like right before we would really get started, we'd all come together, and, and whoever was the, the lead would, would yeah. tell us kind of what's going on, this and that, and that kind of stuff. And I remember the first time I was standing in there, and I'm like, are we being indoctrinated indoctrin- into a cult? <laughs> <Just like. laughs> I'm sure they loved that. And, when, and it was funny because like a couple of the people that were working there started laughing because they knew. I was just like, this is a little too much. Uh, yeah. Okay. But you know, I get it. You want to get everybody on the same page, you know, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, I know we've kind of gotten off to- topic here, here but it all your, goes back. Here's your goat skin chaps. Go yeah, stand exactly. over there I mean, and wait for your, your – yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, this movie is, is so good and it hits so many, we, we really scratched, barely scratched the surface on this. So you can get into, yeah. there is a theory out there that was floated, uh, and I've got it on the, yeah. in the playlist a little while back that Marla Singer may not actually exist either. No, she exists. Well, does she? You're going to go back and, and go back to the bus scene. The bus scene. But the problem is, is that you never see the bus fully go by. But there's that. There's also it's the fact. It's literally a hard cut. There, there is. I know there is. Project Mayhem. Yeah. Kidnaps her, you know, and brings her in at the end. Yeah. But none of them really interact with her whatsoever. Well, it's a cult of matter men. of fact. No one interacts with her throughout this entire movie except for the narrator and Tyler. Well, yeah. I'm just not going to buy into it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just saying there is there there is there is an argument to be made that Maybe. you know, but there there's always somebody has a theory always about stuff. Yeah, so, there's always a theory. Yeah. So then, and I'm sure there's plenty of other ones out there. You know, the whole hey, we we kind of touched on you know Bob's death. You know, that and that was one of those things where you that, know when that whole thing happens and you know and it's like you know hey you know and he says the narrator says no his name his name's Bob you know and the the one guy says sir but sir in Project Mayhem no one has a name yeah and he's like no this guy had a name his name was Robert Paulson and then the same guy he's like no I understand in death we all have a name his name was Robert Paulson yeah and then they start chanting his name is Robert Paulson you know and it's kind of one of those like. Oh, wow, this is where people really go crazy. <laughs> well, no, I mean the guy. The guy makes a point because makes how, a point, how many but... people walk around feeling alone mm-hmm. and not feeling like mm-hmm. anybody knows who they are? Mm-hmm. But the second there's a funeral, all of a sudden, yeah, I know. all of a sudden, everybody, know everybody knows your name. Exactly. Everybody's the greatest person up. in the world. Yeah. That's why I have rules against that at my funeral. That <laughs> no one gets to say he was the nicest guy. You don't get to say that. Well, see, just you know, because all of you, you said that, that I'm going to be the one that does everybody it. Everybody that knows me knows better. So, <laughs> just because you said that, I'm going to be the one that does it. I tell you another one from early in the movie. Another line that I love is the when he's when he's confronting Marla and yeah. she asks, "So why are you coming?" To these to these meetings, and he says, because when people think you're dying, they actually listen to you rather than waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's pretty 
that's yeah. That's, well, I mean, there's a lot of that going yeah. on today. There's a oh, lot yeah. of people talking and nobody's nobody listening. listening. I agree, and it is. It's we live in a society that's just waiting for their turn to talk. That's yeah. all it is. It's um, because when the other person's talking, and I've been guilty of it. You're admit, already thinking up your response to exactly. what they're saying, but you're not listening to what they're exactly. saying. So your answer doesn't match what no, they've just. It's you're, yeah. you have your talking points that you're trying to get to. Which is why we don't talk about politics on here, because so, that's all it is. That's all politics in the America is today is, is is talking points. It's not any solutions. It's just talking. Points. Well, everybody's so. everybody's working so hard for their soundbite, right? You know, their exactly. little fifteen second. Well, this is a, you know, this is where I'm going to destroy this person. He's like, no, you're not. We, you're not going to own me. I'm sorry. It's which is a, why I look at friends. I go, you really need to learn the art of silence. Exactly. There, exactly. there's a power in not saying something. When I learned a long time ago, when I was in my mid is 20s that when you were in a room full of people who were talking if you were completely silent and sitting by yourself you become the most interesting person in the room well not only that if you're talking to somebody that you haven't talked to before Mm -hmm. and i've used this in interviews where somebody will look at me and ask me a question and i'll just sit there and look at them for a few minutes it's amazing how uncomfortable oh people hate silence people yeah really quick it's a, a pulp fiction you know, yeah. don't you love that, that, that comfortable silence where you just no, shut up? Don't, and, don't you hate that? What, uh, uncomfortable silences? No, she says comfortable silence because later it's the uncomfortable silence when they get back to the room, to the house. And he said, was, and she, he said something about that was an uncomfortable silence. She's like, I don't know what that was that I need a drink, you know? I'm going to have to watch that movie yeah. now. Yeah, that's what, no, that's what the whole thing, because they both sit there, and they don't say anything, and they're just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, don't you don't you love that? And the comfortable silence where you can both just shut up and nobody has to say anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. I, I found another one I'm going to have to watch again. I haven't seen that again. one in a while. So, it's I've, I've again, I've seen that movie so many times, I could probably sit here and quote it to you. Yeah. Um, but we won't do that because it's cancel culture. Because <laughs> 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 there's some stuff in there. That, yeah. It's like, <laughs> so anyway, guys, you can get in touch with us. Uh, tell us what you think about Fight Club. Like it, hate it, guys, love it, whatever. We keep asking for interaction with yeah. you. We actually do want to hear from you. We want Look, to talk to you. We, Give us ideas. And I'm hoping... Give us some feedback. I'm sure we've got some new listeners because we just posted on a whole bunch of new platforms yeah. recently. And I mean a bunch of new platforms recently. And Biscuit's all excited about it because he won't shut up, obviously. But um, we're, I mean, it's basically anything you want to listen to us on now, you can. Um, I think the only one we're Except not Spotify. on is Spotify, and there's a couple of reasons for that. So uh, I'll say it: their their terms of service, their terms of service suck, is what it comes down they're, to. They're they're almost Amazonian, yeah, in a lot of ways. So, um, but it's one of those things you can listen to us anywhere. You can get in touch with us at our email is um, Project Gen X Pod. Project Gen X Pod at gmail.com. You're going to have to do this because you changed everything on me. Well, and it's it just Project Gen X Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. The Facebook is still the, the same. The Facebook is still the same. You, I mean, if, if you, you know, just go look Project Gen X Pod. Uh, Project Gen X Podcast is actually what it is. But if you've already following us, it's already there. Uh, same thing. Well, we, we have an Instagram now. Woo! Uh, that is uh, Project Gen X Pod. Is what it, and there's a couple of pictures up there. There will be more. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, here's one for you. And this is probably going to get us pigeonholed for some stuff. But we're on Parlay. As well as Twitter, 
And you joined us on parlay. We are on parlay now. I figure, hey, that's something new and upcoming, so you may as well jump on it. So, oh, uh, I don't. Do you know how many social media accounts I have? Yeah, at this point? I know. Well, believe me, I was going to sign us up for Tumblr and a couple other things. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? This I'm not. You know, because I think Tumblr is pretty much dead now. That's the next MySpace. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's basically for the bronies and pretty much anywhere fan fiction. Folks. Pretty much anywhere you want to find us on, you know, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or, or parlay or whatever it is at project gen x pod yeah that's where you can find us um so um and you're going to yeah. start seeing some changes on some of the looks of stuff as we go yeah through and we're working on new logos and all that kind of stuff we are still all right let me if you are not subscribed on apple um or if it hasn't it, let's put it this way i know there's been a couple of, of problems with it updating on apple podcast yeah i went and refreshed our 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 rss feed one of the things that if you go if you go there, it's going to look like we stopped releasing episodes in uh, February, but that's not true. No, all of the new ones are still getting there. It's just you have to scroll down to find it on the the app. I can't figure out why it put those first twenty seven episodes under season one because I never put anything in there for seasons because we don't have them. Yeah. So, but they are there and it should be updating now. Should be. Um, so uh, and what's yeah. funny is if you go, yeah, it says unknown season. Yeah, it says unknown, and then the rest of the other thirteen, or actually, it's almost twenty episodes now. Or something and like it's, that. it's random because like episodes one through eight are on the unknown season, and it jumps to episode twenty-eight. Yeah, I don't understand why it yeah. is doing that. So we've we've got some problems with our, our it's, it's iPod. Apple. I don't know yeah. what's going on, but everything else works fine. I use uh, Overcast. I don't, I'm I don't, on Stitcher. You're on Stitcher. I either so. use Stitcher or but you, tuned you, but in. You, but you can. I know we're on tuned in. Um, on Stitcher, you can um, pull the RSS feed over. Oh no! I I looked us up on Stitcher and it pulled right up. Really? Yeah. Huh. And it did that back before we were wow. doing the generation. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I guess we're on there now. So, <laughs> I, 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 or we've been on there. I didn't we've been on there that. forever. Okay. Um, because that's what I usually use. Oh, that's right. Stitcher. That's okay. I'm, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Stitcher. I know we're on, yeah we're on we're on several other things. So we're on a bunch of other stuff. I just I just look, uploaded look us around. to a ton you, you of can things. Find us. So, uh, but yeah, tell your friends. Subscribe, like us, uh, please. If you, give us reviews, give us on what, reviews. wherever it is. That's it doesn't matter. Really it help doesn't us. matter what platform you're on. Give us reviews because that's going to help us become seen, yeah. um, and, um, and it will help us grow our community. We've got uh, we're working on some stuff right now, and, and, and we want y'all to be a community. We exactly. want you. We want you guys oh, to yeah. interact. I'm actually getting ready to start a group. Not just a page, but a group, okay. so we can actually get a community going. You know, people well, we can actually talk the to group's each other. already created. I did that when we first started. I just haven't made it public. Yeah, I started a new one because I couldn't. Uh, uh, I couldn't. Uh, what's the word? I couldn't edit to the Gen X pod. Oh, I guess so I just started a new one, and I my, I created a new one. I haven't done anything with As it. As you can tell, then. we don't really talk to each other either. <laughs> I do most of my work when Dave's sleeping, so <laughs> because again, I don't sleep a whole lot, especially these days. And so it's one of those things that I'm like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hmm, I should go look at this. And the next thing I know, it's several hours later, and I've, I've like, you know, I have. Uh, submitted us to like you know, 20 new places and I've gone and started looking at a website and I've started doing this and started doing that. We, <laughs> we've started doing this together but now it's mostly Alan. I'm going to be honest. It's I'm here for him to bounce ideas off Well, of. I'm kind of the Tyler Durden of this group. You know? 
<laughs> I'm working while you're sleeping, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, good lord, that makes me the narrator. We are so screwed. Anyway, so guys, thank you so much. We will be back with uh, some more. Uh, well, we've got another cool movie we're going to be doing here pretty soon. Yeah, probably in our next episode. So stay tuned. We will put some uh, new stuff up on Instagram, and I'm going to start doing some um, where we will uh, we'll do some hints at what the the next episode is going to be. Uh, through our Instagram, so go and follow us over at Instagram and uh, and interact and have fun yeah. and get to know each other when we get when we open the group, and um, that way we can start building a community and we're all in this together. Remember, we're we're Gen X. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>